1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports.
2: Oh, this is so good. The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint.
3: Did you really think that after absolutely... Blowing your butt out in game one. Did they blow their butt yes. out? Yes, they blew their collective butts out to try to get that win. Oh. Their weekly mission to
2: provide hot takes, medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Take me to Flavortown. Luke Anderson. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Will Darkens. I know what
3: you're thinking. What will the butt test tell us that the <laughs> nose test didn't
2: the Sinner and the St. Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Map,
3: it's just turned into a gigantic Mexican.
2: And 1080TheFan.com.
4: Hour two. Miss anything from hour one. Shame on you. Don't worry, though. Podcast available. At 1080TheFan.com. Odyssey.com. The Odyssey app. Your smart speakers. Hot air balloons. Uh, windowless vans. And... Uh, so are you okay? How do you get to the windowless
3: van one? What? That's where. You, where you can find the podcast? I don't know if I want it at that case.
4: Yeah.
1: Well,
4: what are you gonna do?
3: <laughs> go to the website. Get the app. You don't have to go to a windowless van. It's just available there if you want it. You are about as flippant as those parents in Nebraska oh. <laughs> who just stood by and watched as little Jimmy wore his kitty cat costume and <laughs> dropped a. Brown slug in math class. Yeah, well, you know, couldn't find the litter box. Poor kid.
4: If you can't give me a litter box, I'm pooping right here. So that <laughs> that makes me know that, that makes me understand that the
3: that's the cat kid's costume. Do but the cat costume has a trap door in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you would assume, right? Or the kid fashioned like a cutout hole with scissors. How old is this kid? This is what I need to know. Well, it doesn't matter. He doesn't exist because it's a
4: fake story. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is a lot of the real, the I'm going to use air quotes, real stories that uh, these senators get up and talk about, the kids don't exist. No. And no. somebody asked the school, they go, oh, we asked the school, and they said that, that that complaint was never made. Well, yeah, but if it was, what is it called? Post-Truth America?
3: No, it's alternative facts.
4: Alternative All right. Well, there you go. That's definitely a thing. Uh, all right, we've got the final four uh, going on this afternoon. We need to talk about uh, what Robert Covington did. We need to uh, probably get into uh, some more sports things. Okay. You excited about that? Yeah, I'm ready for it, actually. All right, fantastic. So uh, you got a 3 o'clock tip, TBS, Villanova taking on uh, Kansas. This is a 1-2 matchup. Uh, but everybody seems to be of the mind that uh, this is just a Kansas rollaway. I don't know if you remember what was uh, supposed to happen last weekend, but this was going to be Houston, the best team still in the tournament. And somehow they did not manage to win against Villanova. Are you, Are you giving any credit to the Wildcats and what they've done to get to this point?
1: Well,
3: yeah, of course. And I think that there is something to be said about uh, you know the the Houston loss too, because a lot like Houston was, that's kind of how Duke is. I think most people would tell you the team playing the best basketball right now in the tournament, at least in this current state, it are the Blue uh, Duke Blue Devils. Sure, um, and so. For Villanova, in that case, I think, you know, you have to rely on the coaching, obviously, and know that, you know, somebody like Jay Wright, who's been in such insane situations through tournament history and has been able to keep his cool so well during that time. I mean, I think we all remember the shot that won him his national title. And if you look at his reaction on the sidelines, it's just business as usual. Like, it's insane. He sees it. Go down, confirms it. He, like he, he sees the shot go in, then you see his eyes go up to the shot clock to see, like, make yep. sure there is no time. Triple zeros, perfect. Turns around, shakes the coach's hand, then goes and celebrates with the day. I was like, this guy is a stone cold BA. Yeah, he's so yes, You he have to imagine, and that, he's
4: sharp dress. Yeah. Just looks, yeah,
3: yeah. So you'd have to imagine that there is some side of it where they're leaning on their coach in these certain instances, and I think that that's what that's what comes in 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 use in these situations, right? That's what we're seeing from coach K. I mean, they kind of lost embarrassingly to North Carolina before going to the ACC tournament and losing to Virginia Tech. Yeah. Like people kind of had put Duke dead in the water pretty early on in the tournament. Even though they were a 2 seed, they said won't go that far. Yep. Sweet 16 perhaps, but won't go that far.
4: Here they are. And you say that you can rely on coaching is what you're telling me?
3: That's kind of, that's what I'm saying. That's what <laughs> but I'm you've saying. also
4: got Bill Self, uh, who's there, and Kansas has been there plenty of times. Uh, but the, the thing for me is you get to this point and you've got the four teams playing the best or the teams that have the best draw. And probably not the four best teams overall, but you get a matchup in, in, the, in the tournament. You get matchups that favor some teams. Uh, even when they're the lower seed, where you just go, all right, Arkansas plays such a physical style of defensive basketball that it could disrupt a team like Gonzaga. And obviously it did. So now anybody that put that on there says, see, I was right. Or maybe Gonzaga just played a bad game. Or maybe, or maybe, or maybe. And so you have all of these different factors that go into it. But I think we kind of sometimes get swept away with, okay, now it's just down to the best team wins because we've got four blue bloods and they're all in there. These should be great games. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to because I don't see Kansas as an unbeatable behemoth just because they're the only one seed left in there. I mean, they've definitely had shaky moments in the tournament, and now you've got Villanova who has a head coach and a, a pedigree at the school that's been there, and then, of course, the other side of it. I think it's just going to be bananas.
3: Well, I would say on the Villanova side, one thing you might want to do is uh, wait till the fourth – I always do that with end college of the college half. Yeah, end of the second half. Uh, to actually watch. Now here, I know I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not somebody that likes to analyze <laughs> with numbers and facts, but Villanova plays the slowest brand of basketball yep. of any team left in the tournament. I think it was something like they had only had 60 uh, possessions per game in their last 4 games. That's yep. not good by the way if you're not well, up on your possession. Well, no no no, it's
4: it's not that it's good or bad. It's just the style that they play. It's they not want, fast. They want yes, that's exactly right. But they want to slow it down and they don't want to yeah, they don't need to get a shot off uh what are they what was the old uh, loyal Marimont thing, you know. It's uh I can't remember the what they said, but yeah, it's not it's not uh 7 seconds or or less to shoot. It's That's go, the Phoenix Suns. I know. Oh. That's why well, I couldn't remember the loyal. Uh, so I, I just went you. with the one that I could remember. Okay, got it. Anyways, so you're saying that you're not a numbers guy. So why does that
3: concern you so much? Well, from an entertainment standpoint, that's everything I hate about college basketball.
4: <laughs> Did you watch the Providence, Kansas game? Uh 66 61
3: shootout. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I mean, they put up a lot more against Miami. They kind of ran away with that game last weekend, but
3: yeah. you know. I know, man. You know, and maybe that's something that I just need to re-examine myself in college basketball, that it's just a different form of it. But like I I have this issue every time with college basketball in that I watch a pro game and then I'm like, why the hell would I watch anything different? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is awesome. These guys are athletic freaks, they're making fast plays, like yeah. they're doing really cool stuff. And it's not to demean college basketball players, it's just that there is a system that is in place that kind of guarantees you a high winning percentage with certain roster adjustments in college basketball because of the rules themselves. And coaches lean into it and they're like, Okay, why would I play a fast game when I can take that much time off of a shot clock? Yep. And I can put dudes, if I have the advantage who are uh six foot ten or uh, taller in the paint to score with guaranteed points, why would I play fast? Yep. And so, I guess for me, that's it, it is hard to reconcile that and like sit down and seriously watch a college basketball game when I know that in the pros, it's like it is top shelf entertainment. Well, sure, it is. And it, with college, ba- with college football and NFL, it's harder for me to find that distinguishing line, though I know yeah, it's there. Well, the the
4: difference in college sports versus pro sports is is we talk about this. The overtime rules are going to change for uh for you know, the playoffs in the NFL Mm. because everything they do is efforted towards entertainment, their job. And all the rule changes are efforted to how do we make the sport more modern, get more viewership, get X, Y, Z and NBA does the same thing. They've made rule changes to open up offenses. They got rid of hand checking. We, we, we know the rule changes that they make and, and they want to make the game more entertaining. And if somebody starts a strategy that eliminates that, they'll change the rules. We know the NBA will do that. The problem with college sports is they make rule changes to secure tradition. They go back and they go, well, we'll reluctantly make this change as long as it doesn't screw up our traditions. And so they're usually slower to adopt it. And, and you know, some of the rule changes that they've made in college football have been towards safety and, and how much they care about student athletes. But, man, their ejection rules that they have for targeting are so quick and change the course of a game so fast that sometimes they get disruptive but they swear that they're doing it for the student athletes and they're just doing it for different reasons. They're doing it for television purposes. They would do the same thing the NFL does where it was like, "Yeah, we'll look at him. They do it a bunch then we'll maybe do something eventually."
3: So why don't they do it now that NIL is is creeping in? I mean, now NIL is kind of giving it free reign to be like, yeah, this is for player profit. Like I, I mean, at the end of the day, once you have opened the NIL floodgates, you are admitting that this is this is for entertainment value.
4: Well, because there's not there's not a governing body that is universal across sports. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, where the college football playoff is not actually run by the NCAA. The only thing the NCAA really does for college sports is run this basketball tournament and it makes them eight hundred and fifty million dollars. And from their con- their TV contract with it is, but there's three, four other tournaments that are going on right now. This is just the biggest one for college basketball. And if the NCAA went away tomorrow, it really wouldn't change the 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 way that college sports function, except for they lose this tournament, somebody else would pick it up in a second. the The college sports are usually run by their conferences. And they're run very slowly by their conferences because it's just a jockeying position going. All right, the SEC is making this move. The Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 are going to make this alliance. Wait, the SEC move didn't change that much? That alliance is kind of off now. And so they're they're always taking these little steps forward, two steps back, one step forward. So it just takes a long time for change because nobody wants the Blue Bloods to stop being Blue Bloods, especially... The Blue Bloods, because they make a ton of money. The universities are out for themselves. The conferences are out for their small collective. There's nobody looking out for college sports as a whole. The NFL has a commissioner for a reason. Take bullets from the uh, from the fans and the team, the players uh, instead of the owners taking them and then put everybody on the same page to make as much money as we possibly can. Roger Goodell gets paid because everybody's making money.
3: Yeah, and when you do break it down like that, which you are 100% accurate, that is the function of a NFL commissioner, is yeah. to promote, make more money, and to be a punching bag for media fans <laughs> yes. and whoever for every, else. Yes, for
4: everybody but the owners.
3: Yes. Yep. Roger Goodell is incredible at his job. He is a great punching bag. If you sold
4: Roger Goodell punching bags, you could probably make some money.
3: Oh, most definitely. Yeah. And then there was like a nut pouch at the bottom for kicking. Just, just uh, you know, perhaps... Jod Klon van split nut punching 100%. Yeah,
4: it's like a little speed bag right at the bottom of the heavy bag.
3: <laughs> you know, I thought about that, too. I know we ended our Will Smith uh, slapping Chris Rock on national TV conversation early.
4: Oh, no, no. That conversation will go on oh, for decades. Okay, okay. Yeah. What if he kicked
3: him in the nuts? That would have been a thing. Would that have changed the reaction Yes, because would people Chris, have laughed more. No,
4: <laughs> I think I think they would have thought it was a bit. Really? Oh, the nut for, kicking would have sure. done it more. It would have. Oh yes. First of all, the initial reaction would have everybody laughing, and then it would have been like, "Oh, he's really hurt." Because here's the thing: if somebody has never been hit real firm in both of them at the same time with a size 14 shoe from Will Smith, I don't know what size shoe he wears, but dude, he's dropping like a bag of hammers and he's not getting up
3: for 45 seconds, a oh, minute and a half. I would imagine he'd vomit. I mean, eh. we found out he's what 53 years old. 57. His body can't sustain that 57, 57 Chris Rock's yeah. body cannot sustain that survive. much pressure on his jewels. Oh, and
4: I'm not saying before he's composed, yeah. I'm saying before he gets
3: up. Okay. I got you.
4: You see where I'm at? Yeah, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's well into uh, well into the double-digit minutes before he's composed again.
3: I think that perhaps would have been more disturbing. You're right; it's that people would have laughed really hard that because would, it would feel like a bit. You're right. The nuts, for some reason, it's hilarious. It, it's hilarious. Dude, there's an entire not.
4: there's an entire franchise of of uh, entertainment built around nut punches. I mean, I'm I'm convinced. That that's the only thing that kept America's funniest home videos and that was the seed that planted the tree that is now YouTube
3: do you think that perhaps we screwed up on our uh funny concepts power rankings and that we didn't put nut nut uh what? nut hits high enough because I think at the end of the day we both said farts are either one or two my contention misunderstandings one but we didn't oh, put yeah. nut punches no, high you enough. you know
4: what we could well, maybe we'll, maybe we should put together the bracket. Oh, like a, a funny concept bracket? Yeah, funny concept bracket. Self-deprecation can go on there somewhere. Um, uh, o- old people falling but not actually getting hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we can I think we can build out that list. Slipping on a banana
3: peel, that'd be like a 12 seed.
4: 503-250-1080. Yeah, let's try to get the full. People always do the 16 in a bracket. Let's try to get all 64 funny concepts uh, in there. So what's your favorite? Boy, There's plenty. That's tough. What well, if you're doing twelve seeds.
3: Yeah. yeah I it could be four. Can I think of sixty-four unique, funny things that are overarching concepts? Yeah. I think so. Hey, listen, that's the goal we're shooting for. We can't get there. We can we can we can
4: we can minimize the brackets. That's no problem. Right. We know how to well, I know how to do math. We can get it all figured out. Five oh three two five oh ten eighty. Uh what's your number one uh, funny thing? Shot to the uh, groin region. Or the, uh, or the fart. It's going to be up there. All right. Uh, where are we going from here? Whoa, oh, see what Robert Covington did? No, I didn't actually. Oh, then we will discuss Robert Covington next. Center and Saint, 1080
0: the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you
3: and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan.
4: 5032501080. Your favorite comedic instances. Things that make you laugh. Intentional or unintentional. I'm trying to get up some power rankings on here. Somebody on there says kids eating ass. Is the funniest thing to me, running or sledding or whatever, just face planting. Kids wiping out is pretty good because they're super resilient. One of my daughters, let's say like three and a half, on the uh, scooter did like a full face plant and didn't move for like like two beats. Like like just like we all saw it and we're like, uh oh, and like I'm up running like full sprint. Just pops up. She only caught the front of the helmet. Didn't actually hit her face on the ground. We thought she was dead for a second. Popped right up. And just the relief makes you laugh. Like, it wasn't like, oh, that was a wicked tumble. Ha ha ha. It was like, oh, she's dead. Oh, no, she's alive. Ha ha. Yay. She
3: didn't have the uh, the delay. Oh, no, she totally had the. No, the no, no, no. The here. one where they get up, nope, they nope. realize they're hurt. And then it's the. Uh, no, because she wasn't
4: hurt. The the one that the one that's the worst, and you'll discover all the different ways that kids cry, but mm. the the realizing that they're actually hurt cry is usually a lot sort of common. It's not that loud. The one that you're doing is the realizing it's someone else's fault.
1: Uh, it has nothing to do with
4: whether or not they're actually hurt. Usually they're not hurt. It's going, Oh, somebody else is to blame. Because if you tell your kid don't jump on the couch, yeah, and then they do a header off the couch and really hurt themselves they will pretend that they didn't. So it works in reverse because they know they weren't supposed to be doing what they were doing, and then they got hurt just like you told them they they would, mm. and then they pretend not to be hurt, but they're actually genuinely hurt. That's the cry where you find them like three minutes later, and they're like in the corner, and you're like, what's wrong? I really hurt myself. How'd you do that? Just jumping on the couch. Didn't I tell you not to do that? Yeah. Okay, Okay. now show me what hurts and you have to go through the
3: whole thing. That's that's the I just found out I got hurt. Okay, so that's what you're supposed to do? Is that what's that? That, Is that like the rundown of events when that happened? Because my first instinct is like if that happened I was like what happened? And they're like, well, no, the they'll pretend they're
4: not hurt like, like when yeah. you, you said i told you not to what yeah. they do is but if they're really hurt then they have to go find somewhere to cry that you can't see them because they know that they're going to get in trouble right so then you find them hiding underneath the dining
3: room table or wherever right so what i'm saying is once they finally admit it and they're like oh, I'm, I'm just oh as a parent the yeah, as a parent you can do whatever you want oh, you're, so you're I the can be like oh i called
4: it yeah oh yeah what son that's what you what do. i do that on the inside do you? Oh, absolutely. When Ooh, did you see when, me call that? Oh, it's a yeah, boom. When you're, when you're dead, right? Oh, and then as soon as the kids go to bed, like you and the wife go, man, I was so right. and They were so wrong. I'm so much smarter than a two and a half year old. What's up? And your wife high fives you. And then you just get that good. Like you were smarter than your kid. Nookie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good stuff.
3: Did you see her jumping on the couch? love that. She was like, and then she goes.
4: And I was all like. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You go, you go do that. Just don't set your kid down somewhere where they tumble off the couch because that happened. And- no, I
3: already did that. Oh, yeah. okay, perfect. <laughs> your wife was your wife there? Oh, furious! Oh yeah.
4: I, why would you leave a kid yeah, and exactly? Up- yeah.
3: And as I've told you a hundred times, I was heating up my lunch. Yeah, you think that burrito's gonna heat
4: itself up? Look, (laughs) bean and cheese don't just heat themselves through like you know some sort of magic. What am I gonna do? Put it in my pocket? Put some hand warmers in there? Yeah. What do you want me to do? Put the baby in the microwave with it? Ah. No. Yeah. Then you'd be real mad, wouldn't you? At least I'm keeping my eye on him.
2: Gosh. Yeah.
4: There you go. Uh, Robert Covington. Last night. Do you do you remember Robert Covington?
3: Yeah. Did he play for us when uh, Brandon Roy? No, no, it was recently, right? Yeah, quite okay. recently. Okay, as early as uh, the beginning of this season. Robert Covington
4: on the cover of the Blazers program. Yeah. I with know. Norman Powell, yeah. CJ McCollum, yeah. Larry Nance Jr. Right.
3: And then laying on his back where you can't actually see his face, Damian Lillard. I mean, to be fair, they just gutted the team like No, I know, but yeah. the, the four guy
4: I mean, if I you want to know saying. how well they gutted the team, the four guys th- whose faces you can see on the cover of the program. Right. No longer there. All gone. Yeah. Robert Govington put up 43 last night for the Clippers in their 153-119 dismantling of the Bucks at the Pfizer Forum last night. Made 11 threes. His teammates wanted him to go for 50. Uh and he with four starters missing from the lineup for the for the Clippers just went off last night. Nice. When you see things like this, yeah, do you ever go, why couldn't we get that version of Robert Covington? Or is this just any NBA player with four starters out can go yep, nuts anytime?
3: Nope, not at all. In fact, this uh this comforts me seeing this. It comforts oh, it? me uh CJ McCollum, going into uh It's not Staples center anymore. Whatever uh, It is the crypto.com arena. That comforts me him going in there last night and putting up, I think 28 on the Lakers and beating them. You know why it comforts me is because I've held this theory for quite a while. When the trailblazers trade somebody with potential, they usually pop right after they leave. Jermaine (laughs) O'Neal, Jarrett Jack. Yes, it, it is just what happens. Norman Powell. He's been able to do it a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't feel bad about it because of the fact that I know we're just misusing most of our guys. Damian that's, Lillard. That's what I was looking Yeah, for. Damian Lillard. Imagine Brandon how Roy. good he'd be. Imagine how
4: good Dame would be if he didn't play for the Blazers. Yeah. Is that what you're
3: saying? No, like, there's certain uh, guys that, like, sur- like that kind of, like, surpass the rule. Like, sure. Damian Lillard did. Uh, Myers uh, Leonard. <laughs> hey, listen, he didn't get better when he left. That is very true. Actually, he true. got more racist. Uh, or was he always racist? Oh, it's hard to say. Right.
4: But he's more publicly racist.
3: Right. After leaving. 503 250 1080. Call in. Give us your. No, don't call in. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge. Like he, he was going to be kind of the same everywhere else. Yeah. He was just as good in San Antonio as he was in Portland. Sure. Uh, he was just on were a better behind. roster. His best years were behind him. Yeah. But like that's what happens with players where there is a little bit of potential there. And then they go to a different team yeah. and then they just explode. Like this is going to happen with uh, Simons if we don't Simons. It didn't happen keep with Alan Crabb. Yeah. Happened with Alan Crabb. It did obviously. not happen with Alan Oh, it didn't? No. Will Barton. It happened with Will Barton. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's going to happen with Anthony. I think, if we don't pay him. Like he'll go like. Yeah, they're going to pay him. He'll somehow go to like Minnesota or something and then like they'll get the two seed because he was the missing piece with Carl Anthony Towns and yeah. um, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. So, yeah, not surprised.
4: Now, I know that you're not surprised, but it doesn't give you any any solace to the fact that this did happen a lot. Kent Bazemore happened with like the the idea that really, yeah, Kent Bazemore went nuts
3: for the Kings like right after. He uh, yeah? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What? But we got him from uh, Hawks, the Hawks, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I guess that did happen. I just didn't pay attention.
4: Um, but we go back and we look at the Terry Stotts firing and everybody's like, oh, is that enough to change this team? There's a possibility that he wasn't as good of coach as everybody thought he was. He won a lot of games, but he had, there's a possibility. We'll never know because obviously Neal gone as well. And it was, it was uh, after he left that the, the roster was dismantled, but It may not have been entirely the roster's fault. I'm not saying Neil O'Shea leaving is a bad thing. It's obviously a a good thing for the just tear off the band aid and move forward. But it does give you the idea that, you know, some of the pieces that were brought in definitely had a little more potential than was realized here in Portland over the last nine years. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean,. I know I, next, next season I think is going to be monumental in the fact that you should have all of these guys that are sitting right now, uh, nurk and, uh, Josh Hart is in and out. And then, uh, Dame, you get all those guys back. And the nice thing is you almost got a red shirt year for Chauncey Billups as a head coach. So hopefully he is, you know, the, the student of basketball and, uh, and the, the hard worker that everybody hoped he was when uh, when he got hired, but if he got better as a head coach as the year went on, what a great year to do it where he didn't really have anything to lose because he didn't have his roster.
3: Yeah, he's going to really get a... Uh, he's going to get like an Alvin Gentry deal. Like So Gentry, I don't know if you remember his time in uh, Phoenix, but he took over right after Jeff Hornacek got fired. Or no, I'm going to correct myself on that. He got uh, hired right before somebody else whose name I'm forgetting. But basically, he got the best version. uh Well, no, he took over oh, after boy. the interim guy. Where are we from going? Dan Tony. I had, no, it, that's important because Dan Tony, many people believe wasn't able to get the missing piece of like defense into an offense that was, you know, revolutionary in the NBA. So sure. Gentry, kind of fell into an amazing situation, but really all he had to do was take a couple tweaks, like just kind of go like, "Uh, put that there, this here, and Steve Nash, we're not going to have you guard any point guards. Like, we're going to hide you.
4: You know who he know. took over for? Ugh. Terry Porter.
3: Oh, it was Terry. Yeah, Terry Porter it Terry? Terry Porter
4: had uh, 0809. Yeah, and then
3: uh, Alvin Gentry came in after and that. And then Gentry got him to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers where they almost got through. I think they were down... Um, They were down like 3-2. They were doing really well and everything, and they had finally found the perfect mix. But how I relate this back to Chauncey Billups is that you're about to embark on a two- to three-year span now where you're essentially going all-in, right? Like, this offseason should, for all intents and purposes, be your all-in season where you have a massive cap, you have all these draft picks, you have all this space— it to has to be something. It has to be there. And it has to be right because it, yeah. it's Damian Lillard. Yep. It's it's the window and it's closing, and you gotta you gotta react on it. So uh, for Chauncey Billups, you're totally correct. This is a good redshirt year, and he's being set up to succeed in every way possible.
4: Yep. Yeah. So it's it, it's very, it, you know, for for a game like last night with Roko, it's one of those things. The way the way CJ is playing, I think, is more indicative of that. But the the one thing that you look at and you go. You wonder if they could have gotten more for what they did, but we know that those moves were to clear cap space. And so moving forward, I think it'll be fun to see what these Blazers uh, come back with. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's get, uh, do you want to do, do you want to talk a little baseball? I'll do, you, do it. All right. We'll I'm try. always game. All right. Baseball has their opening day this week. It's very exciting. It uh, looks like our guests will not be joining us. No big deal. We'll do it after this sports
1: update. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance.
2: The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkens on 1080 The Fan.
4: All right, it is almost here. It's almost here, Will. The end of the show? Yeah, that's true too. Uh, No, opening day for baseball. So they uh, were able to end their labor dispute quick enough that uh, you really didn't miss all that time. They're not going to miss any games. They crammed some more double headers into the season. Uh, I just want to ask you a question because I know that you're not going to watch any baseball this year. And we'll talk a little baseball here from time to time. I might. And we've got the NBA playoffs right around the corner. They're going to be starting uh, any day now. It feels like, and you know, just waiting to see how all the seating falls in. Uh, But question for you is, would you have missed baseball this summer? If it uh, did not come back? No, not even a little bit. No. (laughs) Do you want baseball just to go away?
3: No, I don't care for baseball. It can go away, It can stay, <laughs> do whatever the they hell it wants. It can take a hiatus. You it know can you go mean, to Cancun if it wants. Even even
4: looking at uh, you know
3: just just highlights, great defensive play does nothing for you with baseball. Not really. All right. I think baseball has just missed the mark so many times. I mean, you know, my my uh, my legendary. I did air quotes there. Yeah, so. you did. I, I saw uh, them you know, hatred for baseball, it has very slowly turned into just kind of like eh, whatever. indifference to baseball. You know what? Yeah. I, actually, I actually appreciate that. That's showing you maturity. Well, and it was the lockout. Oh, it was, it really was. That did it. That I was just like, wow, they really don't know what they're doing.
4: They? <laughs> I, I will say though, they, they got, they got it resolved from what it was where it's like, they're just not anywhere near each other whatever. And the next day they're like, Oh yeah, we got to resolve the reporting on
3: that was something. Well, it's just like, why did you, well, why why can't they, like, agree on anything? Just it seems like they really, like, organizationally throughout the entire thing, they can't seem to agree on even just core things. Like, say what you will about the NFL. Sure. But they all agree the best thing for everybody is if, the dudes are on the field.
2: Yes. Right. No wow.
3: Well, yes. <laughs> they, they can also agree that for the benefit of everyone in any aspect, it's best if people are in the stands. Yeah. That, that's not bad either. Baseball seems to not really have a consensus on that. The rays just partitioned off a whole side of their stadium for a better viewing experience. Not many people are going to the games. Yep. They couldn't agree to get onto the field because of contract <laughs> stipulations or whatever. Because a collective these, bargaining agreement. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because apparently these baseball players just are so irked by the fact that almost all their contracts are guaranteed.
4: No, no, it's that's not the irking of it. All the ones we report on are, and there's an overwhelming majority of the ones we report on are big. We don't talk about a lot of the small deals that it takes to fill out a baseball roster. And they were trying to make sure that people were making money because their average salary is nothing near the ones that we see, those astronomical Fernando Tatis deals and, and Max Scherzer's of the world. Mm. But, I, I, I mean, I take your point. The thing is, I think baseball just needs to simplify what they're doing and just dude, hire a good marketing firm. I don't know what goes on in their marketing department for major league baseball as a whole, because mm. major league baseball is making money. Whatever, whatever you, whatever metrics you look at. Anytime I look at NFL is one major league baseball is two. NBA is still a distant third. As far as the revenue goes, obviously we see base basketball a lot more in this town because we have an NBA team. But baseball is doing fine on the balance sheet. But as a perspective thing, and you know what? Maybe we're just wrong where they don't really care about in-between baseball cities. But it feels like they don't care about Portland. They don't care about getting viewers to watch baseball as a whole. Maybe they just leave it up to their teams who do a pretty good job going, Hey, listen, the Mariners season is coming to town. Seattle, get excited. San Diego, get excited for your Padres. Who's excited about... Chris Bryant going to the Colorado Rockies. Maybe every town that we're not in that has a baseball team, the hype train is leaving the station and everybody's super excited. But it feels like baseball as a whole, because the NFL doesn't go, if you're in Seattle, you have to watch the Seahawks. It's like, no, everybody in America watch football. Football is greatness.
3: So here's what I find interesting, and you, you bring up something that I think is worth exploring, is what do you think the incentive is... For a league, any league, I guess we're talking about baseball right now, but any professional sports league to provide support or invest in small markets.
4: Or or non so small markets are different. Small markets with teams or markets without teams. Sure. To the either, rest either of either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But well, no, not either or because I think I think that there is a obligation to support your small market teams, and baseball does a pretty good job of the revenue sharing and making sure that the small market teams have a chance. Because you see, like the Oakland A's have never had the a payroll that matches the success that they have. The Tampa Bay Devil or Rays. You know, they've never really put in all that money. And as soon as they start winning, you go, here comes a fire sale. The Marlins have two World Series championships. And the first thing they, they did afterwards was got rid of everybody. So weird things happen in baseball. And you have a chance to win. There is more parity in the sport than I think people realize. I yeah. think they think it's just a write-in that the Dodgers and Yankees are playing for the World Series. And it's not the case. So they definitely support their small market teams. It's just I don't know that they do anything to support out-of-market fans, I guess, is the the biggest Uh, thing. They have the MLB subscription that you can get. You can watch every game of your favorite team. Uh, I think it's, I don't know what it is, $29 a month or something like that. $29 for the year, you can buy the audio subscription and listen to every baseball game across the thing. So there is access points to it, but those are for baseball fans that already exist. I don't know what they do to get people that aren't fans out there interested in the game. Well, how
3: do other sports do it?
4: The NFL, the way that they do it is they're a steamroller. Like well, how do you know about the NFL? Well, they play all their games on the same day, makes it easy. Sundays are dedicated to it, but they never shut up.
3: Yeah, but how did I come to know about the NFL? Because I would even argue That's that, that there is uh you know, there is a massive concern among the NFL community, not so much in the South or say the southeast, but across other parts where uh participation is down severely sure. yep. that parents are concerned about certain things kids even not are certain just, things they're concerned about safety yeah they're concerned about safety <laughs> they're yeah. concerned about uh concussions and even kids themselves are starting you know uh, we say this and i know it's kind of like a duh thing but like kids really are getting smarter and a yep. uh, decade after decade generation after generation kids are more exposed to information and are taught earlier of how to acquire information to the point that now you have kids that are probably 8 to 10 years old that understand, at least on a real high level, what a concussion is. Yep. It's when you get hit in the head and your brain gets hurt. And if you frame it like that, they probably don't want to play. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I guess it's just interesting like this weird conundrum that baseball's in of like trying to get more people into the sport at that young age because for so long they had leaned on heritage. they had leaned on the fact that like, you know, you what? You've been a Mariners fan all your life, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Like you're probably exposing your daughters to Mariners games like Ooh, they're going to
4: be Twins fans. Uh, <laughs> no why? I'm, sorry, I'm taking them to the Twins. Oh, God, right, you take
3: the yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought Minnesota and I was like, why Minnesota? And I was like, uh, oh, right, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, you got Mariners games on the TV. You probably have some hats and stuff like that. They're being exposed to it. And they're like, oh, well, that's our team and whatever. But that's not working anymore. So... I don't know. I don't know. But, well, again, we'll we'll have to test
4: the theory with uh, with the, the next generation of baseball fans. Yeah. But there was also millennials just had kids later. I mean, my wife and I didn't have our kids until we were That's 35 true. years old. So you have that gap of where grandparents weren't taking kids. Mm. And you just had kind of a little bit of a disconnect. Like I said, I think baseball is a family sport and going and watching a ball game in the afternoon. Certainly a lot more conducive I'm, I'm taking the kids to a baseball game long before i ever take them to an nfl game if ever oh man really nfl games are a zoo yeah and the seahawks zoo. games you get a
3: lot of eastern washingtonians who are a bit <laughs> you get you get
4: people frying down from alaska idaho it's not just it's the northwest team yeah. but no like we went to a bears game this year and we had a great time but it's all adults and there's a lot of there's there's You'll, there's only eight home games, nine uh, every other year, I guess, now for the NFL, right? Yeah. So you only get a few home games. People go hard. You go on a Wednesday afternoon to a Mariners game where there's 10,000 fans in the stadium, if that, it's a pretty relaxed day. We went to a Chicago White Sox game and everybody's like, oh, White Sox. Dude, the park was mostly empty. It was a midweek, just sitting there enjoying the game, taking in the scenery. And, you know, we got, we happened to be there when the Mariners were playing. It was a great time. And it's a wonderful way to spend an afternoon, but you, it's a lot easier to bring kids out to the ballpark. You've got 81 opportunities for home games. So you have plenty of time to do it. And going to a live sporting event, hopefully uh, still has the ability to connect with children, even though they have access to the internet 24-7. That's my hope. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll take it. What to watch. Final four is this afternoon. First game, 309 Villanova, Kansas. Uh, what are you watching for in the games? Well, we'll find out next. It's what
2: which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment it's time for what to watch presented by encore audio video Now hear this, whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer, Will Darkins, and increasingly out of touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson, are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The
4: Fan. tell you what you really need to watch for is uh, when Will starts the uh, Twitter brackets of uh, what funny incidents is funniest.
3: Well, do you want to start this next week?
4: I think I do. I think we can, I, I think we go with I think we go okay. with n- unintentional laughing,
3: right? We. I think we go so with... So wait, are you breaking out uh, regions? Oh, maybe we
4: can do regions. Maybe we can do like comedy tropes. In one region, we could go with uh, we could go with the actual physical humor, accidental humor. Okay. Yeah. Intentional physical humor, accidental physical humor.
3: A lot of places we can go on this. So how do we do this? We'll like uh, what? We'll do like the entire first round. I will just put it on Twitter and just put them as a single as polls. Yeah, single polls, head to head polls, which is funnier, farting or burping? yeah whatever so yeah so we'll have like we'll put out maybe by wednesday a bracket yeah and then we'll just kind of we'll promote it right spit takes milk out the nose oh that's a good one yeah and then uh saturday we'll just throw them all out as individual polls that people can vote on and then by the end of saturday we'll have our second round and then we'll just go week to week. I mean, I
4: think that's the way you have to do it. I mean, you have to set them up as yeah polls, or we can have them run throughout the week because you can set durations on them. You can, know. yeah. No, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll make the ultimate bracket. We'll get graphics. We'll do the whole thing. We'll get the we'll get the graphics department on it
3: yeah well i just saw him leaving after doing that very expensive video for all the other stations we have here
4: yeah oh yeah 100 uh so four guys sweaty
3: room no deodorant
4: yeah why don't they wear deodorant i don't know something with or shoes well i mean it's better
3: it's better than it used to be yeah that's fair the other one they weren't wearing underwear and they wore sweats every day and
4: yeah you can always see the outline all right uh moving on from that what are you watching for in the final four
3: Oh, I want to see if the pressure gets to Duke.
4: Oh, it hasn't so far. Or, or North Carolina gets to Duke. I mean, the last time they played, it was kind of a whooping.
3: Oh, man, but they're 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 living on cloud nine right now. I would love to be in North Carolina's place because all the pressure's off of you. Yeah, They Duke, still want
4: to win a national championship, man. There's, well, th- there's know, the thing like, is you're you're two games away from being crowned champs. Every right. all four of these teams are sitting there right in the wings and they all have a shot.
3: You know what I mean, though, right? Yep. Like they're carrying Coach K here. Yep. Like oh, if totally. you lose in the Final Four to your rival, yeah. on Coach K's last game, mm-hmm. you don't live that down. Yeah. So for North Carolina, I'd totally agree. Chance at a title, chance at building the legacy that already is. But you got a little less weight off your backpack there. You're kind of like, all right, well, yeah, it's on you, bro. Now, and the other thing, the other thing that
4: happens if Duke wins is then you know, no matter what, it's Coach K's last game. That's true. Kind of a good thing. All right, should be a fun one. Enjoy the Final Four. We will be back next week, and I will have baseball on the TV, and I'll only be 75% penitents in the show, so it should be fantastic. Everybody have a wonderful rest of your weekend. We're done. Bye-bye. When you're feeling in
2: the dump.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.